Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. The Viewpoint. Weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. Welcome back. It's five minutes past nine. My name is Chris Vick. You're listening to The Viewpoint. Uh, we got some bluesy jazz from Ray Charles to take us into the next hour. In case you missed it, it's called Let's Go Get Stoned. I'm going to buy myself a bottle of gin And then I'm going to call my buddy On the telephone and say Listen, you know I work so hard all day long. Everything I try to do seems to always turn out wrong. That's why I want to stop by on my way home. Have a little taste But don't lose your cool And stop messing up the man's place Ain't no harm Take a little nip But don't you fall down And bust your lips you could see the people in the studio singing along. I'm a bit worried about this, particularly the legal fraternity. Uh, welcome back, Chris Vick. This show is called The Viewpoint. Thank you very much for the feedback on Twitter. My handle is chrisvick 3 There's some really interesting feedback coming through, people saying they use Kush to get to sleep. I think Kush, Andrew, is weed. Yep, correct. Yep. Okay, the lot of name. Why don't we just call it one thing? Yeah. Call it one <laughs> thing. But thank you very much for the feedback. Remember, if you'd like to speak to us in the studio, 0891104207, or you can WhatsApp a voice message to us on 0614104107. Well, Ray Charles, um, I think that seems like a pretty good way to introduce our next two guests. First up, Dirk Hartford, among other things, the founder member of YFM and the former editor of Kasatu News. Dirk's on the line. Welcome to the show, Dirk. 
Thank you, Chris. Lovely music you're playing, too. <laughs> Are you rolling a joint or smoking a joint? No, you know, it, it's for time immemorial human beings have used herbs or plants that God to earth has provided us to, to relax, to slow down a bit, to have a bit of fun. Um, that, that's what alcohol is used for by some people exactly. today. Yeah, exactly. It's what cigarettes are used for. It's what a cup of coffee is used for. And um, the you know, marijuana, cannabis, whatever we call it, is, is truly a, a magic plant that's been in human culture for thousands of years. And your guest has spoken very eloquently already about its medical effects. It is a, a healing plant in general. Even if you're using it recreationally, there's nothing wrong with wanting to feel a bit better. And that bit better might be feeling a bit up or a bit down. There's some kinds of uh, marijuana that helps with sleeping, for example, or with pain. That you can, you, you, the effect of, of the various ways you can take it, but including smoking it, you know, can contribute to that. And others can cheer you up and kind of give you a laugh and have some fun with your friends. Mm -hmm. And all those are healing things. So how, how do you feel about... Um The, the fact that this is, in a way, a new freedom. I mean, I, I, I've known you since probably 1985. We worked together on Kasatu News. And I bet you never thought you'd be on the same show with Jay Nido talking, talking about cannabis as your former general secretary. But it's a freedom issue for you, right? It's a personal choice issue to, yeah, to grow and smoke it, it, weed. It, it really is, you know. And I think this is one of the greatest gains of our democratic era, frankly, And it's, you know, it's happening in a context where this sort of legislative changes are starting to take place all around the world. So the, the rights that we've now got uh, with the recent judgments of private use, privately growing, is a, is a huge step forward. And, uh, you know, much more needs to be done, not only in relation to cannabis, but into other healing plants, that, like magic mushrooms, for example, which are banned in South Africa still and regarded in the same light as hardcore drugs like heroin and cocaine. Mm. It's completely ridiculous that these, these plants, these natural things which are, have been used by human beings for, as I said, thousands and thousands of years, you know, are, are, are still being regarded in this life. And, and, and I know we're talking about cannabis, but with mushrooms, for example, you know, scientific research is now finally catching up and in the States that it's imminent that they're going to be legalized as a, as a kind of prescription drug. Mm. Um, and the same goes for cannabis, of course. Now, you sent me some pretty impressive pictures of, of what looked like Christmas trees, but I presume they're the plants that you grow at your home in the Overberg, yes. right? Yes. Well, I and many others who've been users are, uh, obviously have stepped into the space in our own private space to, you know, instead of having to go underground and secretly buy from a dealer somewhere, so you're committing some crime, it's a, It's really a great joy to be able to grow, you know, a handful of plants for for adult use uh, in and around our own home. So, and it's you know it's harvest time at the moment. Those who, after the legislation, <laughs> took advantage of it, would have planted uh, like in December, January. And I know, just in my own small networks, you know, people have done this, and um, you know, it's far bigger than. You know, people that are sitting at their homes know whether they know about smoking cannabis or not. Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, a lot of people do. 
and a lot of people are growing. And I mean, you can look forward around about the time of the elections if you see South Africa being more stoned on good health than ever before in its history. Do you think that influenced the election date, harvest season? Well, one can only hope because the state of the nation and the level of anxiety is traumatizing people. You know, we need some kind of antidote for this. We need a, a new kind of consciousness to, to emerge, which these plants can, can help us with. Not sort of, you know, the love in our hearts is not shining through. Yeah. And um, really, that's one of the effects of cannabis. It opens, it opens you up, it relaxes you, it sort of gives you a you know, slight, uh, another way of seeing things sometimes. But what what do you do about the police? I mean, are they are they a factor in your life? Do they come knocking either to no, do it with you or buy some? In the area I live in, the police are still um, extremely conservative, and they, they themselves don't know how to deal with the legislative changes. So I'm aware of situations where people are still being arrested when it, you know it's fully in their right to be you know. What does private use mean? If a person walks into a house and finds like a whole forest mm. of a hundred plants, for example, I mean, really, a good dacha plant, carefully grown, can is, in my view, you know, about two or three plants are enough for an individual use um, for uh, for a year. So, so but, you, but there's no definition of what this means. So it depends on how much you need. You said you've got twenty plants. Is that right? Um, yeah, Plus minus, had, yeah, twenty plants. Yeah, but we've got four adults living here, so it's um, you know it's divided between all of us about five plants each. And then there's a way you consume it. It's not about smoking it. You know, mm. you could take the whole plant, as one of my one of the people living here does, and and juices it. Mm. And other people, it actually makes quite a delicious little add-on to a salad, even. Cannabis <laughs> um, <laughs> salad dressing, is it? There's many ways yeah. to use it, you know. And it gets, so how many plants do you need if you're juicing it every day? Mm, mm. And uh, all we, of we, these we, things are, are still to be kind of tested in law, I suppose. So the attitude between users and police, it's, it, it's a gray area. And you know, I'd just be encouraging people who know how magical this plant is to stick more and more into that space mm. um, because it's still to be defined and laid down and regulated. Andrew, I want to bring you back in. Andrew, Andrew's a lawyer. Um, his mm-hmm. name is Laurie. He's an associate lawyer at Chinder's Attorneys in Santon. Andrew, is, is what Dirk is doing, is that legal? So here's the thing. Um, the people who have to make that call on the spot are the police, which have no training really. They're not equipped to tell you what is and is not enough for personal consumption. And as you've just said, I mean, what is personal consumption? If you're making extractions, you need significantly more than if you're just smoking the, the dry herb. So if you, what we advise our clients to do is to just constantly audit themselves. If you're worried about your own plantation, that's probably for good reason. So the issue with the police being the ones pulling the trigger on this, so to speak, is that they, yeah, once again, they're not equipped. And you'll have your day in court, but you, it won't save you the trauma of actually going through the arrest process. It won't save you the trauma of having your plants destroyed and your equipment broken. Um, but if you are able to sort of audit yourself and keep a record of what it is you use your cannabis for, your extractions, how much goes into it, then you would have a relatively easy day in court. Um, because of all the uncertainty, what we advise our clients to do um, or how we advise them is to conduct themselves in such a way that they would have the best defense possible should they find themselves in front of a judge. 
But yeah, unfortunately, um, with the uncertainty, it it doesn't stop the police from giving you a tough time. But you could find yourself having having an easy day in courts if you if you tread tread carefully. Have you have you been in that situation, Dirk? No, I haven't. But I'm aware of people who have, and um, these cases are still pending. And I mean, these are the very issues that are, I don't know how a court is going to decide on them, but you know, that remains grey. In some ways, the grayness helps, I can imagine, but it, it does seem Well, it does, I think, you know, and which is why I'm saying people should step into the, in, into that, you know, kind of expand it, if you like, mm. um, because uh, it, 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 what the legislation did was open the door, but now we have to step right through it. And, uh, you know, I haven't noticed, I may, maybe I'm fast asleep on these issues, but I haven't noticed massive resistance to, to what, what was announced. And on the, on the contrary, in circles I know, there's this massive elation and joy. Um, so I think it's encouraging the whole, uh, generally overall, even by saying nothing, it's just, you know, silence is consent kind of thing that, that, that um, Kind of this is okay in our society. Mm, mm. Also to be used uh, recreationally, which, as I said, is a kind of healing in its own way. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got another guest in the studio. We're going to call him Mr. Green. Um, <laughs> he's a baker. He makes interesting edible products. So we'll be back just now. If you had a great week of viewing top programs, SABC3 brings you a super lineup on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Tune in on Friday evenings at 7.30 p.m. for our reality lifestyle programs, Wags and Girlfriends of Sport, followed by our sitcom Guys with Kids at 8.30 p.m. Do you want to be a millionaire? Yes? Then do not miss Who Wants to Be a Millionaire on Saturday evenings at 7 p.m. On Sunday evenings, we bring you part two of Safari Live in our natural history slot at 6.30 p.m. Great programs all weekend long, only on SABC3. SAFM has signed a code of conduct that is enforced by the Broadcasting Complaints Commission of South Africa. Under the code, we are committed to giving news that is accurate, comment that is fair, and programming that is not harmful, does not amount to hate speech, or contain violence or explicit sex. If you think we are not living up to that code, then you can inform the Broadcasting Complaints Commission of South Africa. Direct any complaints in writing to the Broadcasting Complaints Commission of South Africa. PO Box 142365. Craig Hall, 2024. Fax to 011-326-3198. Or an email to bccsa at nabsa.co.za. For more information, please visit www.bccsa.co.za. Call Chris now. Yes, sir. Let 
me dick into your brain. Folks falling like rain. Property got me selling things. Guess I'm gonna explain. Yes, you're still listening to SAFM. We're talking about weed. This is the viewpoints you're listening to. Outcast. When we come back, we'll be talking to Mr. Green, who bakes his own stuff. So check me out, see, once in a while when niggas be trying to test me, I get frisky, grab a pint of golden whiskey, then they swing, but shit, they miss me, huh? I'm getting nice with them things, because I do like that, you heard me on the radio, and yes, my man, I'm true to that. I run my lyrics the way I wanna hear them, and shoot my dice against the bricks the way I wanna flick them. Niggas a ring around the roses, diamonds around my neck, from flexing, but I'm running niggas over like a 94 Lexus like test. 10 millimeters, count them nigga, fuck a 9, see I added a millimeter for y'all niggas doing crimes and bye-bye. Kiss your ass, bye-bye, sayonara suckers, I flip the script and turn the pace, it's getting your motherfuckers. Be popping shots like them hoes, be popping cooties, and I still be spreading bullets like them freaks be spreading cooties. So look at niggas, I'm hunting Red October, I set my shit and ran my lyrics and now my verse is over. 22 minutes past nine. My name is Chris Vick. You're listening to The Viewpoints on SAFM. Mr. Green, welcome <laughs> to the show. Um, we're using that name, I think, just because there's a few silly people still out there who get upset about this kind of stuff. Yeah. You bake edibles. Yes. Tell us about it. Uh, good evening, Chris. Thank you to you and your listeners for this time. Um, I bake, yeah, edibles. Um, I bake muffins, cookies. I also make popcorn. Yeah, and also ice cream for other people. So how I actually got into edibles is that, um, let me just try make the story as short to just give you guys context, is that in 2010, I was in a car accident and my left hand stopped working. It's called a nerve avulsion. So I had troubles with simple things, simple tasks like rolling joints and all that stuff. Then... (laughs) (laughs) And a friend of mine was like, why don't you try edibles? I was like, edibles, what? <laughs> it's a very interesting route. To <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then all of a sudden, I, I tried like shopping around to find where exactly can I get edibles, only to find that it's like practically nowhere to be found in my area. So then I was like, you know what? Let me go online, read up, do my research, you know, get a cookbook <laughs> and practice. <laughs> and yeah, that's how it came about. And presumably a lot of trial and error and falling over. Of course, yes. Because it's not like you get it right the first time. So it took some time when I first started out because um, I didn't actually have like right, like a, a measurement equipment I made like the most potent edibles out there. <laughs> like people would eat one like muffin and they'd get stoned for over 12 hours. So that wasn't a good idea if people want to wake up fresh in the morning. Yeah, so then finally through a lot of like tutorials and meeting a friend of mine actually who who was a, 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 what, a chef or baker. I 
don't know the exact word um she kind of helped me and said no this is how you kind of have to approach it is it like this is the process of it this is how you actually make your your butter your oil this is how you sift it this is the measurements that's good and this is how you can actually control how potent it is mm. and after i actually met with her that's when that's there was the birth of mr green and like well, maybe towards the end of the show, you can give us a recipe or two. But I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm interested in in, in two things. One yes. is, is you were saying to me off air, people, people who don't like smoking weed, yeah, prefer eating it. Yes. So, so that's kind of question number one. Question number two: What sort of scale are we talking about? I mean, are you turning out a thousand muffins a week? <laughs> How many people? But what sort of industry is is this? Yeah, like firstly, let me start talk about um the 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 scale of it. Let me start there. So, when it comes to the scale, I work via order based. You know. In terms of a week, I could get like give or take like twenty four orders for muffins. Some people would prefer like cookies, but what I've noticed is that the muffins and the ice cream are put, like are actually quite popular. Mm. People like to wake up in the morning, have a cup of coffee with a muffin. In the morning. Yeah, in the morning. That's why I had to actually focus on different strains <laughs> because I kept giving him a kind of strain that made him quite like relaxed and deeply like like in a deep like calm mood. And that didn't work for people that had to go to work. So I had to change a strain to get people like that are creative sometimes to kind of use a different st- strain that could like make them creative and active. And then uh, with regards to your first question, uh, could you please repeat the, repeat the question again, Mr. V? This notion of, of people preferring oh, preferring yes. edibles. And preferring edibles. And not liking smoking. Yeah, some people, some people enjoy getting high, but they just dislike the smell and how it, it smells on their fingers. So edibles are actually a solution to that. Instead of the whole admin of which it smells like weed, mm. I know people actually enjoy it and the hip-hop community calls it it's loud if it like really has like a strong kind of smell. Edibles are actually a, a solution to that. People that want to get high without the hassle of like the smell and, mm. and the, the, the and the actual like smell staying on their hands. Presumably easier to transport, right? I don't know if police sniffer dogs <laughs> are good as finding edibles as they <laughs> actually, are at finding weed. <laughs> actually, I've had my fair share of like being in roadblocks like, uh-huh. with edibles, which which helps because, um, like the police officers are still a bit conservative so once they see you in a car with a boot filled with muffins like you know chocolate chip cookies and popcorn the last thing on their mind is to think all of that stuff is weed infused yeah so mind i've actually like gotten an opportunity to get away with it but then it also like that's actually another barrier that's hard especially for a person like me who's Mm. actually commercializing weed and and edibles is that now the fear of traveling what happens when it's a case when there's like sniffer dogs and all of that stuff like how do you measure quantity in a muffin things like that you know so those are the challenges that i'm currently experiencing in my field andrew let's bring you back in as the legal authority (laughs) is is what mr green is doing is it is it Illegal, pushing the boundaries, or legal? Um, it's it's very illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't tell. Um, but yeah, the, the 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 judgment couldn't have been more clear on that fact. It's uh, the purchase and sale is is still illegal. When we talk about cannabis, it's cannabis, the whole plant or any part thereof. That's mm-hmm. the, how the definition goes. So mm-hmm. it's the seeds. It's um, things with cannabis in it are regulated mm-hmm. in the same way. They're in Schedule Seven, the same as methamphetamine, which 
makes very little sense. Okay, then yeah. I guess Mr. Green's going to have to leave the studio with a balaclava. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's take a couple of voice notes. Dirk, you, are you still there? <clears throat> we want you back on in a couple of minutes. You still around, Dirk? Yes, I Great. A couple of voice notes you might be interested in. I want to, hi, Lucy. I want to know how to grow skunk <laughs> for my own personal use. Can you give me ideas on what products to buy and where should I grow it actually? In the house, outside the house, it's Siabonga from Umlas. What is the dose of this cannabis? I'm in Lesotho and I, ju- I know five gentlemen who are absolutely lunatics because they've been taking lun- cannabis since I was young and they got sick. Whilst I was young, I'm 60 years old. They're still lunatics. Well, unfortunately for Siobonga, Lucy has left. So she cannot answer your question about the best place to grow skunk. And Dirk, I'm not going to encourage you to answer that question at all. Um, But maybe that second issue of how much. I mean, Dirk, how much do you smoke a day? Do I smoke a day? Yeah. Only once. You know, the thing of dosage, like with everything else, is very important. Um, you know, if you, if, you, if you take a lot of everything, well, it's going to affect you in a, in a particular way. If you mm. drink a lot, you're going to get very drunk. If you smoke all day and all night, you're going to get very foggy eventually. Um, you know, if you smoke a lot of cigarettes, your voice is going to get raspy and so on. Uh, and I think that everything, you know, balances what's required. And, 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 and for the optimal, also recreational use of, of cannabis, um, take what you need, you know. Don't turn it into kind of a compulsion that, that you, you have to do more and more and more of. It doesn't necessarily make you feel better and better and better. It's a very good I'm point. I'm saying that from mm-hmm. someone who has done that. You know, I have periods uh, in my life that I've smoked far too much uh, mm-hmm. cannabis. Um, but I'm older and wiser now, and I, I, I try and be more respectful towards the plants because it is formidable uh, energy, and it's putting it's putting something in your body that is changing in some way. So to know exactly what the right amount is, even smoking it, you know, and today with new technologies like vaping, for example. Mm. You can, which enables you to almost extract the, the, the spirit of the plant, the THC and the cannabinoids. You know, you can almost microdose on cannabis. Microdosing is a new craze where you just have a little puff in the morning and it can keep you going for the whole day. Just not feeling stoned or anything, just feeling Just good, happy. You know? mm. Dirk, thanks very much for, 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 for being on the line. I really appreciate you sharing um, your experience and yeah. your advice towards the end. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Well, it's been a great pleasure, and good luck with the show. It's thank you very much. It's a great start. Good, thank you. Uh, Baker Man, Mr. Green, we're going to let you go as well. Really appreciate you coming in. Thank you. The reason why, uh, we've got about 10 minutes left of, of talking, and I, and I think that we need to just reflect a little bit on reality. Um, you know, we can joke about weed, we can talk about all the different elements of it, but it's a very serious topic for, for a lot of people. Um, Drugs aren't fun for everyone. Drug addictions wreak havoc on families. And I thought it was only right to have another voice in this conversation. So we've got Jackie Rousson here from Houghton House. Jackie, thank you very much for coming in. Thank you. 
I thought we were going to chat on the phone, but I really appreciate the, the effort you've made in, in coming here. Um, you deal a lot with the downside of what we've been talking about since, since 9 o'clock. Just give us a bit of insight into what you see and why you see the sorts of abuse and addiction that you're seeing. Mm. Yeah, thank you very much for having me, Chris. Um, yeah, so what I've seen is a huge increase in cannabis abuse. Um, Dirk spoke about compulsion. So that's the part I see when it becomes a compulsion. Um, well, an addiction, a substance abuse disorder actually clinically diagnosed. So I've seen a huge increase in cannabis abuse in the youth, um, particularly young boys, um, young adults. Um, and I've also seen a lot of cannabis-induced psychosis purely from cannabis. And there's also this myth out there that there's this new form of cannabis called spice, um, where unfortunately it's not pure cannabis. It's synthetic weed, like manufactured in China. So it's as fake as they come. And every single patient abusing this spice has had psychotic episodes. Um, what I've also seen is cannabis has been a significant gateway drug to... Is, is that true? Because I, I mean, I, I've got the sense that it's a, a kind of bogeyman to yeah. stop people from smoking. But are you finding that it is... Particularly in the youth. Um, you know, with this whole decriminalization now, a lot of people are kind of justifying and, and using that as, as kind of an excuse where there is a um, prominent um, phenomenon of cross-addiction where we have seen that they've started off with cannabis and now sit on cocaine or cat um, and stimulants. They often go from the depressant to the stimulants. Um, and alcohol abuse in the youth now as well on the rise, but starting having started with cannabis. To, to what extent is, is an addictive personality an element of what you're... I mean, is there such a thing as an addictive personality? No, I think that's a fallacy. I don't think there's such a thing as a as I mean, we've got personality disorders that are very evident in substance abuse disorders, and it becomes a, a dysfunctional coping mechanism. But I don't believe there's such a phenomenon of, a, of an addictive personality. Sure, there are people that have impulse control disorders and are excessive in nature and are, are kind of impulsive and reactive. Sure, are they more prone to addiction? Yes, most definitely. Um, but but not necessarily a, a, an addictive personality. So, so, so what's your view on this constitutional court judgment that Andrew sitting next to you fought so hard for and which so many people celebrated, and yet you're seeing, in a sense, the consequences of, of that particular decision. So, I mean, I'm not going to speak in my personal capacity. I'll speak in my professional sure. capacity um, representing House and House, um, a drug rehab. So we very much um, take the stance that the decriminalization of cannabis is not going to increase the addiction rate. It's not. Mm. Absolutely not. What we found actually is the decriminalization has actually de destigmatized it and people are a lot more receptive and willing to receive help now. 
So we're seeing an increase in admissions for cannabis abuse because there's not necessarily this shame around it, which is absolutely incredible. Um, so we, we respect and understand the pros and the cons. Mm. You know, we don't really take a strong stance. Andrew, your response to that? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the, the change in attitude towards it is, is very important. I mean, as soon as you bring something from underground into the light, um, mm. we filter out um, bad quality products. We open up conversations where things like treatment can take the fall. I mm. mean, whereas before, if you don't talk about something, if you leave it to fester um, underground, then no good is going to come of that. If we bring it to light and we can engage with it, study it, build our own relationship as a society with it, then that's only going to lead to um, healthier engagements with the plant. Mm. That's our personal stance, and it seems seems Jackie is, is kind of agrees in a certain way. Mm. <laughs> Let's take a couple of calls. Um, Kucho from Polokwane, welcome to the show. Hey, good evening. Good evening. <clears throat> yeah, the politics of this herb is just too complicated. I'll try to be short because I think for a long time I've been calling one number which is wrong. So also what I want to say is um, this the cannabis is something that I believe in so much, especially in helping people who are sick, depending on the sicknesses that they have. Mm. Because if I look at the laws also, I feel like the laws are very, I, I mean, are flawed. Like everything in, in South Africa depends. If you've got money, I mean, right now as I'm talking to you, a lot of people smoke this thing wherever, in front of, Everywhere you find it, and people are smoking it, uh, even the authorities of the, the very same people are talking about the laws. They, they smoke it, they use it all the time, we see them, but nobody says anything about it. Right now, we are even buying it from some other um, uh, retail pharmacies and stuff like that. Who knows if it's the real thing or not, mm. and who's going to benefit from this? You see, South Africa also must change its laws and really uh, try and encourage complementary medicine. Because as I'm talking to you, I'm very much emotional right now because I'm losing a lot of my family members, my friends because of cancer. Yet, if this thing can be developed well, we can definitely help them. Yet, people are promoting the pharmaceutical companies. The things that I'm talking about, actually, these people can even actually kill you for saying what I'm saying. But the fact remains that South Africa should change its, its, its health, whatever, and also encourage complementary medicine because complementary medicine look at the uh, 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 prevention better than cure so pharmaceutical companies wouldn't promote this because they are after money not after the health of the you're, people you're, That's you're exactly right Kucha. i really i really appreciate that call it's a very important point um and, and i think that's what's been really interesting about tonight is the kind of ground we've covered uh let's just take another call quest in greenstone welcome to the show Thank you. Thank you very, very kindly. Um, and as the speaker just before said, um, that's exactly where I'm coming from in terms of my viewpoint. Um, first of all, cannabis, from a cultural perspective, across the cultures worldwide, it has been present from a herbal point of view to a medicinal point of view, and then even a spiritual shaman uh, from various cultures, Sanusis, mm. uh uh, in South America, in India, geez, there's, there's a holiday uh, called the Festival of Colors where they make this drink fermented out of cannabis and milk, and it's taken by all members 
all members in society, and they they share in, in, in terms of this energy and this beautiful abundance that they have for three solid days. And then after that, they clean up the city and they go back to the adobo day life. That's very um, Where I'm trying people. to go with this, mm. <laughs> where I'm trying to go with this is that, um, yes, cannabis has moved uh, in, since this awareness. I mean, um, I'd say celebrities have started to make it cool. If you watch the movies, it's something that pops up everywhere. And all of a sudden, the cool crowd, it's like um, the underground then gets taken over by the overground, meaning that what was formerly counterculture, if you go back to the movements in the 60s, if you go back to when uh, LSD was first uh, developed, when you look at the Ken TVs of the world, anyway, I'm, I'm digressing. Back to uh, the, the main point was that uh, it's moving from the hands of the people. It's a cultural thing. It's something that was meant to be controlled, and it can be abused, yes. That's why we need to make sure that people have education. Yep. But now, my, 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 my frustration is this. It's production. How do we control that? How do people benefit from this? Instead, you have exorbitant prices for licenses. I don't know if that will ever even touch the table, but now that takes the power away from the person who needs complementary medicine because they don't really have the funds to, to afford medical aid. And I mean, this is a preventative thing. I'm talking about my grandmother yeah. who had glaucoma, yeah. um, sorry, who had cataracts over her eyes, uh, who just by using the product as a tea, cleared cataract. Great. No, I, I, I hear you, Quest. And I mean, it's, it's really encouraging. There's a lot of the same feedback on SMSs, on Twitter, uh, messages we haven't been able to read. Thank you very, very much. Really enjoyed all the calls to our guests. Uh, Mr. Green, that's your right. That's your name, no? Yeah. Andrew, Jackie, thank you very much for coming thank in. Yeah, we're gonna thank you. In, we're going to indulge a little bit in some blues on the way out. <laughs> okay, we're gone. Roll it.
Muddy Waters there with Champagne and Reefers. I was going to play Alcohol, Women and Weed, but I believe it's a very sexist song, so we managed to pull out something a bit better. I hope you've enjoyed that part of the discussion. Uh, my name is Chris Vick.